Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into this topic of holy desire from one Friday to the next. I have been gauging this topic of holy desire out from your request with a very uh, particular emphasis on how to best respond to the question, can you pray for me? Now, what I have been doing over the past few weeks is pairing a saint, as you have asked me to talk about the saints, pairing a saint with some of the intercessory keys we have been talking about as it relates to better responding to that question, can you pray for me? So, as it stands, tonight is our third installment of pairing a saint with an intercessory key. This week, I have decided to pair praying from the heart, right, because that is our third key, uh, the third key we talked about, uh, praying from the heart with the life of St. John Vianney, St. Jean-Marie Baptiste Vianney from Ars, France. Now, from the outset, I think it would be good to kind of rekindle some of that subject matter as it relates to praying from the heart. Uh, What does it mean to pray from the heart? Well, to pray from the heart is to pray, my friends, from the most interior place of your being, the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. Huh? In the words of the Catechism, paragraph 2563, the heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live. According to the Semitic or biblical expression, the heart is the place to which I withdraw. Huh? So the heart is our hidden center, beyond the grasp of our reason, and of others. As the Catechism continues, only the Spirit of God can fathom the human heart and know it fully. Now, this is what we touched upon in our opening words to this key, because once we get into sacred scripture, we see that the Hebrew and Greek words for heart can be found how many times? Over 1,000 times in sacred scripture? making it by far and away the most anthropological term used in the Bible. The heart, my friends, in the end is the seat of who we are, and everything we do flows to and from the heart, as Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 reminds us. If the Holy Spirit is the substance of our prayer, then this substance needs residence, huh? and the heart is the place to which the Holy Spirit takes up residence. And in saying that, the Holy Spirit, my friends, took residence in the life and, more specifically, in the heart of one St. John Vianney. It's interesting. The first step in the cause for canonization of a saint is when the bishop, uh, local to the candidate's life, kind of reviews a life and writings for evidence of holy virtue. The local bishop to Father Jean-Marie Baptiste Vianney, Father John Vianney, known as the Curie of Ars, he's from Ars, France, had lots of evidence of holy virtue. Some have suggested 
as it relates to the greatness of the man. You know, few bishops have never had it as easy as the local bishop had it to Father John Vianney, which is to say his holiness was that popular. Often, you know the saintliness of a man by the people who showed up to his funeral. In the case of Father John Vianney, evidently there was a lot of, of saintliness. Huh? After the death of Father John Vianney, in the early morning of August 4th, 1859, for over a week, as it has been testified, for over a week, thousands of people lined the streets waiting patiently to pay their respects to the man who touched their lives. The bishop presided over his funeral with an estimated 300 priests celebrating Mass and over 7,000 people in attendance. Incidentally, my friends, there were no more than 200 people in the village of ours when Father John Vianney first arrived as their pastor. So clearly, what we're talking about here in the life of Father John Vianney is a great man. Told as a narrative his life, it reads like a script. It really does. From the times in which he was born, to his calling and formation as a priest, to, to the transformation of the parish he was assigned to, to his legendary battles with the devil, and ultimately to his, to his uh, extraordinary love for God and the people he served. We could say he was a man of unwavering commitment to gaining souls for Christ. Again, Hollywood scripts are envious of, of such a narrative. Now, more specifically to that brushstroke I just gave to you of his life, uh, Jean-Marie Baptiste Vianney was born in 1786 in France, which is very significant, of course, because here we're talking about he was born at the dawn of the French Revolution. During this time, the Catholic Church was going through persecution with anti-Catholic civic forces burning churches and often attacking many clergy. In many cases, local priests dying a martyr's death. Growing up Catholic in France during the time that Father John Riviani did, we could say death surrounded him. Uh, after receiving his first communion at a young age, Jean Marie made his first commitment to Jesus to become a priest, as he testified to it, and he eventually entered the seminary at the age of 20. His time in formation was uh, uh, quite turbulent. On two separate occasions, Jean Marie failed his final exams required for ordination, and his call to the priesthood was put into question. And in a very important point in his life, he fell under the tutelage of Father Bali, a local priest, to the seminary. And it was under his tutelage that Jean-Marie passed his exams, and on August 13, 1815, at the age of 30, Jean-Marie was now Father Jean-Marie Baptiste Vianney, huh? Father John Vianney's first assignment was at a parish in a remote village in Ars, France, known for its drunkenness and debauchery. And he was assigned there because typically good never comes out of Ars, France, kind of like good never comes out of Nazareth for Nathaniel, huh? But something happened to the no good Ars, France. And again, Ars is the town, the village spelled A-R-S. Something happened to the no good ours, France, and that was the goodness of Father John Vianney. 
Now, what's more, throughout his time in ours, the humble parish priest became known for his example in contemplative prayer. Uh, What did we talk about, my friends, as it relates to the importance of praying from the heart? But if we're going to withdraw to the heart, that means we are withdrawing in contemplative prayer. And so St. John Vianney very much bore witness to this aspect of praying from the heart as he prayed as a contemplative, huh? He was also known for his inspirational preaching and, and work for the poor. He actually received the coveted French Legion of Honor. In a nutshell, my friends, the parish he went to serve was transformed into a place of conversion and goodness. Uh, Father John Vianney's inspirational example really, <laughs> we could say, upset the forces of evil. And his battles with Satan are the stuff of folklore, but not because they actually happened. On a regular basis, for 35 years, Satan tormented him with wicked voices, evil singing and shouting, on occasion even getting physical with him. The testimonies of this are extraordinary. By the way, I am pulling all of this from uh, the work, the document, the Acts of Canonization of uh, St. Jean-Marie Baptiste Vianney. To read those testimonies is extraordinary. Now, as we reflect into the narrative of Father John Vianney, an important question arises. What was at the center of Satan's consternation? Simply, my friends, Father John Vianney gave 100% of his heart to God 100% of the time. He lived for God and other wholeheartedly because He prayed to God with all his heart. In other words, his wholehearted intercession was swept up in his devoted contemplation of God. Now, as a priest, this pious determination to intercede was in full bloom as a confessor. Inside the confessional, he took to heart that others were willing to share their heart. Remember, we talked about the importance of that, huh? Father John Vianney would hear confessions for up to 16 hours a day. 16 hours a day. Pilgrims would travel from all over the world and wait in long lines to encounter Father uh, John Vianney. uh, Up to three days. And so he waited. For all intents and purposes, the lines were long, my friends, because as some of us are aware, Father John Vianney had that unique grace of reading souls, which is the remarkable gift of being able to identify specific details about individuals without ever having met them before. There are so many, again, testimonies that speak to this. I'll share one. In one case, a Claudine Venet of Verignon, a small village in France, was taken to ours on February 1st, 1850. In consequence of an attack of brain fever, She had become completely deaf and blind. Father Vianney had never seen her. No one had introduced her to him. And it was on that February 1st that she happened to be standing outside the church as he went by. Without speaking a word, he took her hand, led her into the sacristy, and made her kneel down in the confessional. He had hardly given her his blessing when her sight and hearing returned, as she testified. As she would speak to it, it seemed to her that she had awakened from a long dream. 
after her confession, the servant of God made the following amazing prophecy. Your eyes are healed, but you will become deaf for another 12 years. It is God's will that it should be so. On leaving the sacristy, Claudine Venet felt her ears closing once more. As a matter of fact, she could no longer hear anything. The infirmity lasted 12 years as foretold on this February 1st, 1850. Calm and resigned, enjoying the sight that had been restored to her, the stricken woman waited the day of her deliverance. Great was her emotion when, guess what, my friends? On January 18th, 1862, almost to the day, 12 years later, she was cured. She could hear again. Now, my friends, there were many great miracles such as these, but I would argue the deeper miracle in each case was the miracle of conversion. Hmm? Because giving someone their sight and hearing back is much easier for God than transforming a heart because you're dealing with the will, right? It could be said in a soundbite when the heart of Father John Vianney encountered the heart of other transformation of the heart followed. The heart of Father John Vianney generously belonged to the people he served because his heart, my friends, was consumed by God, by the love of God. Incidentally, the the body of St. John Vianney was found to be incorrupt. The incorruptibles are what? I've talked about this before. Saints whose bodies are miraculously preserved after death, defying the, the normal process of decomposition. Okay, Astonishingly, or maybe not so astonishingly, so was the heart of Father John Vianney found to be incorrupt. The heart of St. John Vianney was always composed in the spirit. Fittingly, his heart was found without decomposition. Today, a reliquary travels the world with the incorrupt heart of St. John Vianney inside of it. Millions have gone to see this great miracle. If you're unfamiliar with this, just do a quick search online, you'll see it. No, the world came to encounter the heart of Father John Vianney in a little village of ours, France. Now, that heart reaches out to the world, and lives continue to be transformed. We, my friends, have selected, I have selected St. John Vianney as our patron uh, saint for this key, because here you have a man whose heart was completely and entirely devoted to God and at the same time other. And as it was, it was a heart for intercession. Amen? Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen? And God bless you.